0: Life Audio.
1: Welcome to Sound Reasoning, I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we want to talk about how to witness to a Muslim in love, how to witness to a Muslim in love. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today.
0: Hi friend, are you stressed? Inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.
1: On the preceding episode, we talked about how to avoid idolatry. And we talked about idolatry being the worship of anything or anyone else outside of the true and living God. God. Uh, It's a jealous God, meaning that he doesn't want us to give our hearts over to the created. God is the creator. And so what idolatry does is it misappropriates worship. Worship belongs to God alone, does not belong to any created thing or any created one. So it belongs to God. That's where worship uh, should rely and where where worship uh, should be pointed to. The authentic God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who um, is represented by Jesus Christ, uh, the one and living God. And so when we talked about uh, idolatry in the previous episode, we give examples of how God says he's a jealous God in a sense uh, of us not misappropriating our worship and focusing on other things or, uh, or other people. Uh, God is against that. All worship should be pointed to the authentic God. And so we talked about how uh, this term signifies God not wanted us to Give to others what is due him. He is a jealous God. Exodus 34, 10 through 17. And it says in scripture, he doesn't share his glory with anyone else. He does not tolerate the misuse of the tribute and the worship that deservingly belongs to him. Isaiah writes that uh, God himself says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or praise to idols, Isaiah 42 and 8. And all through the Bible, we see how God denounces pagan religion, how God uh, hates uh, for his people to worship false idols. We learn uh, in 1 Samuel, as an example, 31 and 6, or First Kings 11 and 5, we learn how God detests how Israel, um, some in Israel, were interested in worshiping Ashtoreth, the Canaanite goddess of fertility. And then, of course, many of you all are familiar with Baal. Many of you all pronounce it Baal, the Canaanite god who was worshipped in various forms. God talked against it. Do not worship the god of the Canaanites. And we've, you can read Hosea 9 and 10, Judges 3 and 3, 1 Kings 16, 29 through 33, 1 Kings 18, 19 through forty, Second Kings 8 and 17. God hates false worship. Shimosh, the God of the Moabites, as well as the Ammonites. God preached against the worship of Shimosh. God preached against the worship of the God. D-A-G-O-N. Dagon was a god worshipped by the Philistines. He was known as the god of water and god of grain. Samson Samson died at the temple dedicated to Dagon. Uh, Read 1 Samuel chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. 1 Chronicles 10 through 10. Then Murdoch. God also teached and uh, was uh, saddened by Israel turning to Murdoch. Murdoch was the supreme God of the Babylonians associated with fertility and vegetation. Again, God hates for his people to worship other gods, which are really no God at all. Because gods made with hands are essentially no gods at all. Which means if a god or the image of a God or the perception of a God or the philosophy of a God is created by humanity. Then it's really no God at all. These are false images, false idols. So you may be saying, what are you talking about? So for example, we talk about modern day cults. Uh, we talk about, for example, we'll talk about Jehovah witnesses, Jehovah witnesses. The doctrine was created by man. The false imagery, of God as portrayed by the new World translation of the Jehovah witnesses was created by man. Same thing with Mormonism, uh, the doctrines or the uh, false doctrines uh, that came out of Mormonism was created by a man. And so we are uh, taught in terms of Christianity, we are taught through the scriptures to obey God versus Man, God hates idolatry and God uh, detests us worshiping uh, other gods who invariably will bring us false doctrine. When we worship false gods, we inherit heresy and we perpetuate heresy because what happens is when uh, uh, a religion or movement is Uh, Created by man, and um, this doctrine is blatantly uh, contradictory to the scriptures we've already received. It not only hurts people, but it confuses people. And thus, heresy is birthed out of falsehood. So, God, again, detests the worshiping of false ideologies, false doctrine false gods, the devil is interested in deceiving us by introducing us to concepts and philosophies that are contradictory to what God has already given us. So our topic today is how to share with the Muslim in love. And I want to just preface this uh, on the surface. It may seem Very similar in terms of Christianity and Islam. Number one, we are both monotheistic. Um, We both believe in one God. Uh, We both believe in the existence of Jesus Christ. We both believe in discipline on the surface. It sounds very similar. But if I could just bring your attention to the philosophical argument that I always make there is um, a moral law called the law of non-contradiction, the law of non-contradiction. And this law says two opposite statements cannot be both true at the same time in the same sense. Again, two opposite statements cannot be both true at the same time in the same sense to say, Jesus is the only way. John 14 and 6. It's not the same as saying Jesus is one of the ways. To say Jesus is divine is not the same as saying Jesus was not divine. And that's what we are dealing with. The reality is Christianity preaches and teaches in the divinity of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is equal to the Father. Christianity Uh, teaches and preaches the doctrine of the Trinity, which falls under the category of mysteries. But nonetheless, we teach and preach the doctrine of the Trinity because it exists in Scripture. Well, in Islam, Islam teaches against the doctrine of the Trinity. Islam teaches that Jesus is not divine, that he was just a good prophet. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Islam teaches uh, uh, against the majority of the scripture, except those that are found in the Quran. So, on the surface, it may seem like we're teaching the same thing, but we're not. Christianity teaches that we are justified by grace through faith. Islam teaches that we're justified by works. Islam teaches that... Uh, The more good works you do, uh, which outweighs the negative things you've done, in the end, if your good works outweigh the bad, then you, you get to go to paradise. So, on the surface, it may seem like we all are teaching the same thing, but we're not. And so, as a result, God has called us to stand firm on the truth and to share the truth with others in love. We we should love all people ontologically, just like God loves us. God loves us ontologically, but he doesn't receive everything that we do. God does not embrace everything that we do. Even though he loves us fully ontologically, God does not accept our worship. Let me try to say it this way. Ontology means beingness. God loves me as a human being. He loves me as a human being. He created me. So, he loves me ontologically as a human being, as an an individual. He loves me. But God, even though he loves me, does not uh, embrace everything that I do because at times I fall, at times I make mistakes. In the same way, if you think about you all that are parents, you love your children, but Sometimes our children do things that we can't embrace, that we can't support, even though you still fully love them. So that's, that's the key, is God loves us ontologically, but he does not receive nor support our worship. God loves the Christian, but the difference between the Christian and the non-Christian is is that the Christian has accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior? We're covered by the blood. Non-christ, I mean, non-Christians, um, as much as they profess to know God, as much as they profess to uh, have intimacy with God, um, don't have it because they haven't come by the Son. That's the Scriptures, and so we can't compromise on that. God knows best. What's good for us? And then God knows best because he created uh, heaven and God knows what the criteria is for heaven. It's not up for me and you to try to modify what the criteria is to get to heaven. We don't have that authority to try to redefine what the keys are or what the criteria is to gain heaven. God has already told us if we want to see him, we have to first come by the sun. So back to how to share with the Muslim in love. First of all, we have to have love, as I said earlier, for the Muslim. We have to have love for them ontologically as human beings, just like God has love for us. And then our our desire is that they may uh, be open to hear the gospel, not the gospel from their paradigm, uh, but the gospel as taught, from the scriptures, from the Bible. I uh, wish we had time to deal with the historicity of Islam, starting with Muhammad, uh, but we just don't have that type of time. So, for the Muslim, Orthodox Muslim, they believe in their founder, Muhammad. Muhammad, who was born in 570 AD and um, passed away in 620 AD. I think it's noteworthy. Um, or rather 570 to 632 A.D., is noteworthy that uh, Islam, uh, whose founder was Muhammad, um, deals with this presence of, or this question of why is there so many similarities between uh, Islam and um, being a Christian or or Christianity? And there is historical evidence that Muhammad Uh, who was part of um, going with his relative when he was younger and encountering Christians on business trips learned from various Christians about their doctrines. So when Muhammad uh, started um, going into his trance and, and, and uh, becoming more religious, it's, argued that Muhammad incorporated some of the things he learned from Christians on those uh, journeys and incorporated them into uh, the new religion. Secondly, when Muhammad was growing up, uh, there were 360 gods uh, that uh, they worshiped in his community. But when he created Islam, uh, he got rid of all of the other gods except for the moon God. And it is it is that God uh, that he retained and built the doctrine of Islam around it. So in terms of their teaching, um, Islam teaches that to live by the five pillars of Islam is also to pray five times to the east, so they they live by this teaching of the five pillars, and they have to pray five times to the east and then members of their mosque, we would call it a church, but members of their mosque, those are those who submit to Allah. In terms of God, uh, God uh, is called Allah in Islam, uh, which also dates back to pre Islamic uh, moon God, not the Trinity. And then in terms of their founder, uh, we, we talked about uh, Muhammad being the founder. And in terms of their view of Jesus, they only see him as a great teacher and prophet. They believe that Allah created uh, Jesus and um, used him as a great prophet and teacher because what Jesus did is undeniable. So first of all, you have to um, in terms of Islam, you have to recognize that um, God created, uh, God sent Jesus, uh, but to them, he's a created being, and he's just a great prophet and teacher. So, how does Islam view salvation? Uh, Salvation to them is trying to do more good deeds than bad, Uh, and and there's no guarantee uh, that you still make it, but that is the um, criteria for salvation, that you got to do more good deeds than bad. And we know just from uh, ephesians two eighty nine Paul contradicts this concept of salvation. Paul says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, not of works is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. so we are not saved by works we're saved by our faith we're justified by faith. Christians do not work to get saved. however, according to James. Because we are saved, we produce good works. Let me say that again. Christians are already saved. We we, we don't work to get saved, but because we are saved, we do good works. So if there's no good works attached to your faith, then you need to really uh, revisit whether or not you're connected to Jesus Christ. Again, how should we? Share with a Muslim in love. Their Bible is the Quran. And it was produced almost 150 years after the death of Muhammad. And they also embrace another holy work called the Hadith H A D I T H. And the Hadith deals a lot with the customs and the mannerisms of how uh, a Muslim should behave. So the Hadith really deals with the daily operation or teaches uh, the Muslim about, the, about their daily life and how to live and how to go about doing certain rituals. Uh, so for the Muslim, it's both the Quran and the Hadith that they embrace. So that's an important uh, thing to remember when you're sh- trying to share with a Muslim. Now, Islam... It's one of the fastest growing religion in the world. It still is. Uh, It's difficult to go anywhere um, without seeing uh, someone wearing a burqa or wearing a traditional garb. Again, it's estimated that there's approximately uh, 1.5 billion Muslims. So as a Christian, it's very important for us to learn how to respect others without compromising our Christian integrity. Islam has tenets, teachings that are indeed similar to Christianity. As I said before, uh, Islam and Christianity share the following belief in one God. Um, the God of Islam is called Allah. Uh, this name is derived from, the, uh, from polytheism prior to the development of the Islamic religion. Allah was one of the gods, among many other gods. It's believed that the name Allah was asso- associated with the moon god. The historical data is in direct opposition to the word of God. Isaiah wrote the following in regards to God. This is what the Lord says, Israel's king and redeemer. The Lord Almighty, I am the first, I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. God has given us in the Bible a description of himself. God has warned us about embracing false religions or other religions that are inconsistent with his nature and his teaching. Notice that God is making a distinction between himself and other so-called gods. God is saying no one, no one else should be called God except him. This includes Allah. God, according to Isaiah, reminds us that we should not worship any other God beside him. This is what the Lord says. Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first. I am the last. Apart from me, there is no other God. So God has already given us a name to call him. He is I am the the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. The name Allah does not exist in the Bible. Why is this important? This, this is significant. Uh, because God says it's significant. He does not want us to share his glory with no one else. Uh, in their own writings, the Quran uh, also rejects the Christian view of God. The Quran states the following in Surah 5 um, 116. They have certainly disbelieved who say Allah is the third of three, and there's no God except one God. And if they do not de- desist from what they are saying, there will surely afflict the disbelievers among them a painful punishment. This is in the Quran itself where it is addressing this doctrine of the Trinity as taught and preached by Christians. Again, Surah 5, 116 says they have certainly Disbelieved, who say Allah is the third of three, and there is no god except one God. And if they do, do not desit, desist from what they are saying, there will surely afflict the disbelievers among them of painful punishment. So, on the surface, it may seem like we're worshiping the same God, but we're not. We're worshiping as Christians. We worshiping the true and living God. And if God is real, if God is authentic, then whatever doctrine goes against it has to be false well we've run out of time and we'll continue uh sharing with uh, a muslim in love on our next episode Uh, we thank you for listening and as always thank you for your prayers and thank you for uh, the work that you do on your look in your local churches but as always we do need your support so if you are listening to this radio show please consider becoming uh, a monthly supporter. We do need your support, so please uh, continue to pray for us, and please consider giving. Uh, you can go on our website and make your pledge, or you can uh, make your checks out to Sound Reasoning Ministries, P.O. Box 582306, 306 Grove, California, 95758, and remember to continue to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless you.
0: That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1-9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org.
1: And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this broadcast If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other Faith Center podcasts. If you're hearing this right now, you're probably like, who the heck is this? And why are they playing during my favorite
0: podcast? And I get it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to introduce myself. My name is Trevor Tyson, and I'm the host of Trevor Talks where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. I just want to invite you, if you love podcasts, if you love music, if you love books and love hearing from the people who create it, come check us out at Trevor Talks. Simply go to Google or Life Audio, type in Trevor Talks, and it'll pop on up. Hope you have a great day.